elementary and up to middle school, you can uh, head out back, stay out of the bacon. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's, um, Timmy is almost to the bacon. Stop him. Uh, I'm going to tase Timmy if you can catch him. So Brianna has lapped him. All right. So, all right. Well, there's cookies. There's cookies left. There's no bacon left now. So some of you are wondering what I see. Uh, I just mess around. So uh, they haven't gotten to it. It's under lock and key uh, for me, actually. So, so Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. How many of you glad you're here today? Glad you're here. Uh, every now and then, again, some of you new here, why don't we uh, celebrate hard on some of these uh, hallmarky kind of holidays? <coughs> uh, we, we, we do and we don't. We honor all our men. Again, I don't want to ever spotlight. I, I, just, I just don't. I don't, I don't want to ever spotlight and, and give the opinion <coughs> that, um, that you're, but because what I just don't. I, I just don't think churches, church in particular is that, that, uh, that kind of place. And, and not for nothing, but, but we were that couple. We were that couple for years who couldn't have children. And, and these days were just difficult in church and stuff. And so, so we try to really be sensitive about that, number one. Number two, <coughs> I don't like taking my cues from homework. I just don't like doing that. And, uh, and then number, number three is, not for nothing, but we're going to be talking about men, women, moms, and dads pretty hard and pretty strong in just a few verses. And so we'll be right there. And all those great, all those great things, children obey your parents, husbands and wives submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. We're going to be, forgive one another. We're going to be up to our eyeballs and what the Bible says about relationships soon enough. So if you'll just forbear with me, you say, preacher, don't you honor, I mean, I, there's, there's not enough words in my vocabulary for the power and impact of a godly parent. Just not. There's not enough words in my vocabulary for the influence <coughs> that godly men can have in young men's lives. The truth of the matter is, truth of the matter, at 51, I'm, I'm looking for somebody older than me to help me now. I, I, we always need somebody pouring into our lives. And so don't, don't ever, the fact that I don't stop, we don't stop everything, some, some years we have, but uh, for this doesn't mean we don't appreciate it. it just, <coughs> I just soon do it on a day that's not so emotionally laden. And, and those kind of things. Does that make sense to everybody? And again, I, I pre if you respect if you if you will respectfully disagree and you say we should we should do that um, and all again I don't like taking my cues because uh, I don't know how to have a groundhog Sunday and uh, and other things from Hallmark. So I just uh, I just soon not do that and help some help some things. We sat behind a lady. I know where I remember doing this. We sat behind a lady one time and, and she and her husband couldn't have children. <coughs> and, and by the time they figured it out, uh, the foster system years ago wasn't the same way. An adoption was just, just too hard uh, for them. Wasn't <laughs> and, uh, and I sat behind her, and, and the church passed out roses to all the mothers. And she was the only lady in the building who didn't get a rose. And I said, I mean, I'm never doing that. I'm never doing that. We're going to love all our ladies. going to love all our men. And, uh, and now this year we have ventured into bacon. And so, uh, so anyway, so, so if you can appreciate that again, I, I don't mean to denigrate. I promise, my heart is not there. I just, uh, I just soon everybody, I just soon everybody get a little something, and uh, we not spotlight those who are different. Is that okay with everybody? Like four of you. All right, the rest of you going. I don't care. Just hurry up because I want my cookies. And Ephesians chapter four, verse thirty. One more time. Let's stand, honor God's word. If you're willing and able. And again, Ephesians four, verse thirty. 
just one verse today. <clears throat> and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. The first part of that verse, grieve not. Grieve not the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. Now, I want to help us today. I want, I want to talk about, if you'll allow, I want, us to, I want us to talk about don't sin against the Holy Spirit. Don't sin against the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me right now, front to back, left to right? Father, speak to every heart. I pray you'd use me, control me. <clears throat> I pray while I'm preaching on the outside, you preach on the inside. May, may what I say honor you, and I pray we would, we would really do business with you this morning. Help us to quit pretending, quit playing, quit putting on. I pray, Lord God, that you would be very real to us today. I pray we leave here with different speech. I pray we leave here today with different worship. I pray we leave here today clean as we've ever been. And whatever we need to leave here and repent of, you would do in our lives. Help us not be phony or fake. Lord, help us have rakes today to pull toward us and not shovels to throw at our neighbor. And God, use your word powerfully, I ask. <clears throat> Lord, I love you and I need you. I pray you'd help us in these moments. In Jesus' wonderful name, and amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> the 1980s, an author named Tim LaHaye. Tim LaHaye is probably better known, <clears throat> probably better known for writing about the end times and, and revelation, those kind of things. But before he was known as an end-time writer, he wrote a great book, he wrote a great couple of books. Being one of them was called The Battle for the Mind. Anybody in here old enough to remember The Battle for the Mind? Tim LaHaye. Tim LaHaye wrote a book, The Battle for the Mind. And it wasn't easy reading, and he ended up almost being prophetic in the sense he said, this is how the West, United States, Canada, is going to go if they don't change. He couldn't, he couldn't have been any more prophetic if he'd have hopped in a time machine, gone to 2020, and come back and wrote the book. And one of the things he said that has always stuck with me, he said this. He said... <coughs> He said, and I, it's a loose quote, it, what is a more grievous sin than if Hollywood and literature and the local newspaper, instead of blaspheming God or denigrating the Holy One, instead, they carry on in their plays, their reporting, and their movies as if he doesn't exist or doesn't matter a full frontal assault, or instead to create a world where there is no God. He said the battle for the mind matters. I would say to you some, almost 40 years from the publication of that book, he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. In January of 2015, we hadn't been here very long, <coughs> and I was preaching through 1 Thessalonians. One of the verses I'll reference today. And I mention some of these sins. And I put in my notes, and I remind us again today, those of you who might have been here, <clears throat> that this is one of those things that if we don't get right, will eat us alive. We must treat the Holy Spirit as a person. We must understand that the blessed third person, the Trinity, is working in our lives, working in our lives. <clears throat> Scott Pauley so Uncle Roger Pauly, some of you that are local here, and know Scott is ministered for years down over at the Temple Church we prayed for today. Scott's Uncle Roger, uh, just a, 
well-loved uh, pastor in the, in, the, uh, in the mountains of North Carolina, excuse me, the, the uh, foothills of North Carolina. I was at a youth conference one time, and he did one of these. He says, tell me what it did. And the young people hollered, you walked across the stage. He said, you're right, but I did something else. He said, he said, the Spirit of God that lives inside of me in the temple of the Holy One, in the temple of God, I carried him across the stage. And you have the Spirit of God living inside of you with everything you watch and everything you do and everything, everything you say. You bring him along for the ride. And I remember about 800 young people in the hush went over the building. We don't think about this. And so when I say don't sin against the Holy Spirit, I almost wonder sometimes we have a frame of reference. Do we ever think about that if you're a follower of Christ, that the Spirit of God resides in you, that you are, Romans, Romans says, you are, <coughs> you are the temple of God. And so as we look at this, I, I want to I help us here, and I want to treat this verse, and I want to remind us that we are not to sin against the Holy Spirit. Don't sin against Him. How do we do that? There are four New Testament passages that I want to examine I think will be a real help to us. Number one, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. To grieve means to vex or to sadden. <coughs> it, means, it means to uh, cause, means to cause pain. It's appropriate today. Today we're celebrating Father's Day. Because I can't think of the word grieve without thinking about a, my, one of my parents. Or both of my parents. Heaven forbid if both of them were doing this. I've said it a couple of times before. And again, you may not feel this way. But you spank me all you want. Now, don't. Anybody in here going, that's all you got out of the sermon. But as a young person, but don't tell me that you're upset with me. Don't tell me you're disappointed in me. Heavenly day, don't give me the speech. Anybody grow up with a parent, a grandparent, a step-parent, who when they were really upset with you would sit you down and give you the speech? Anybody? Anybody? Ashlyn raised her hand. You did not. And uh, anybody else got the speech? Tim, did you ever get the speech in the back back there? You get the speech? You get the speech back there? David, have you ever gotten a speech? <laughs> See me afterwards. I can hook you up. And uh, Wade, did you ever get the speech? Get speech once or twice? Cassie, you ever get the speech? Cassie, I got the speech yesterday. And uh, Brandon, you got the speech and all? I don't know how it is. You can change cultures, you can change language, you can change dialect, and every speech kind of starts like this. Your whoever it is, grandmother, grandfather, stepmom, stepdad, your mom, your dad, whoever it is, they call out the other person, have tried our best. And I don't know what we could have done more. Now, at this point, little Rodney wants to die because I know what's coming. Truth of the matter is, the worst spanking I ever got in my life, I think, is when my mom was giving me her version of the speech, and she left the line out, and I corrected her. I said, you forgot this, and that's all I remember. That's all I remember. Everything went dark after that. I woke up the next morning. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I did correct my mom one time, and it wasn't pleasant. And, uh, and uh, so if you're getting a speech, don't correct the people giving you a speech. But they're there. And, man, I wanted to crawl on the couch. I don't know what it is about that. We didn't do it at the dinner table. We didn't do it in the kitchen. We didn't do it in the bedroom. We always did it in the living room. We always did it on the couch. I was never so glad when my mom and dad sold that couch. That's a couch of evil. That's a couch of the speech. Sit down here. I want to talk to you. Don't talk to me. Just spank me. And, again, if you grew up without being spanked and all, we know who you are. You're still bratty today. And, uh, but if you grew up, but the speech, I can't, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. It's the weapon we use with our children. They knew it was coming. <laughs> oh, please, please don't do that. Why? 
Because you don't want to hear that. Not, not for any other reason, because you know what? <coughs> you know, man, you have disappointed them. My parents weren't criers in one sense. I saw my dad cry, I think, three times. Uh, mom, mom would cry occasionally. But if they were upset enough to cry, Rodney wanted to die. I made my parents cry. You have got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. That's why I worry about young people now. Parents start talking to them. They'll start giggling and stuff like that. I'm scared for them. I was somewhere the other day. Mom was giving Junior down the road. Junior kind of laughed at him. I'm like, lady, just step aside. Go ahead and call the cops. I'll deal with him. And, uh, <coughs> and we, we understand it. We understand that. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, that you can hurt the heart of God. You can grieve the Spirit of God. Your actions, your reactions, your attitude can hurt the heart of God. That's what he says there. Ephesians 4, do not grieve. Don't start grieving. Don't keep grieving. Don't begin grieving. Don't grieve. Don't pain. Don't vex. Don't sadden the heart of God. I mean, I, I, I go around the room, and I, I don't know I could get through a whole uh, person. Is there anybody you know, would be my question, who is not upset, grieved because of a relationship they have? I don't know we'd get through the room without 100%. People break our hearts. People hurt our feelings. Find a grandparent, a step-parent. Find, find a mom or a dad. And a child who's living in sin and rebellion. And you will see a, a person who is grieved because of what's going on. If we understand that horizontally, I want you to understand it vertically. Don't grieve him. Say, so what's this have to do with the passage? You go back to Ephesians 1. We're to be unified because of the sacrifice of Christ, because of the work of the Holy Spirit. You move down a few more verses. Part of the gifts the conqueror Christ gave from the resurrection is he handed out spiritual gifts. Those have been employed by the Holy Spirit of God. You are to be actively using your spiritual gifts. There are to be no bystanders and spectators in the work of God, the kingdom of God, and church of God. Somebody say amen to that, right? That's what a healthy church is. You're to be using those spiritual gifts. Then he continues working through there. <clears throat> and we wrapped up in those last set of verses there. And we talked about changing your clothes there. He says, stop lying. Stop using selfish anger and blowing up like a volcano set to be, or set to be uh, uh, blown off at any point. Work honestly. Stop stealing. Finally, he says, and clean up your mouth. There shouldn't be any corrupt speech. Young, excuse me, <coughs> the people of God should not be known for talking and profaning and blaspheming like others. You are hurting the heart of God. That is how, part of the way that you grieve the Spirit of God. Let me stop and ask you. Did you hurt God's heart this week? <coughs> did you hurt God's heart yesterday? If I was to ask God, the Holy Spirit, is He grieved because of how you're living? What would His answer be? Don't grieve Him. I'm grieved when I allow impure things to penetrate my life. I am grieved, or excuse me, uh, I grieve the Spirit of God when I allow impure things to penetrate my life. I grieve Him when I behave immorally. 
when I act unjustly, when I participate, or excuse me, when I participate in anything contrary to the nature of the Spirit, I may have put it in your notes, you can hurt the heart of God. Here's a way you know you got a calloused heart <clears throat> when it doesn't bother you that it bothers God. <clears throat> well, I'm just that way. Nope, you're a new creation. Created in Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, he told the church at Ephesus. Everything is different now. You've been changed. You've been justified. You've been, you've been equipped to serve him. God's grace is active in your life. Do not hurt the heart of God. Do not grieve him. Do not grieve him. I remember many a time as a teenager, again, didn't go to church hardly at all as a kid, as a teenager going to church and youth pastor pouring in my life and there'd be some big temptation. Anybody, anybody, you don't remember all your victories, but you remember the temptations or failures. Anybody, that's easier on your Rolodex. I'm sorry, easier on your photos, uh, photo journal. I said Rolodex and everybody under 40 went, what? Uh, a few of you, all right. It's like five of you remember your failures. The rest of you pray for us. And, uh, I remember the whole lot of times be some big temptation, and I'd say no, and the furthest thing from my mind was the Lord, but the, fur, the closest thing in my mind was my parents will kill me if I do this. My parents will kill me. Anybody ever have that thought? I might can do this, but they'll know. They'll know. I was holding the door for somebody, um, what was yesterday? Holding the door for somebody yesterday. That's not necessary, and I said what I've said so many times. I have to do this, because if I don't hold the door for you, my mother will know. She's stayed away. She's seven hours away. My mother will know. My phone will ring. Why don't you hold the door for that lady? And uh, I mean, it, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. It's absolutely gonna happen. And I say that in jest and all. Don't grieve the spirit of God. <coughs> Here's how you can know that there's real trouble in your life spiritually. When you hurt the heart of God, it doesn't hurt your heart. You can hurt the heart of God, and it doesn't hurt your heart. You can always tell, by the way, with a young person what's going on too. They don't care that they upset their folks. They don't care they upset their step-parents. They don't care they upset their grandparents. And they shrug, and they sniff, and they snivel, and they sneer, and they condescend. <coughs> I'm looking at someone who's got a hard heart problem. Don't grieve the Spirit of God. That's, he says that. <coughs> he says don't grieve him. He says don't quench him. Don't quench him. Don't quench him. I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'm preaching too much instead of flipping the things. Or sorry. Don't quench him. Your Bibles are open there if you would. Just go a few pages over to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5, if you've got your Bible with you today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 19. Can you do that? If you've got your Bible, maybe somebody will share with you. I may have put the reference on there for you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. Quench not the Spirit of God. Quench not the Spirit of God. <coughs> uh, for years, uh, we had some folks in our church in North Carolina that owned a... Uh, a vacation kind of home up in uh, West Jefferson County, which is uh, the other side of uh, Boone, North Carolina. The Blue Ridge Mountains are close by and all. You may, like, you may like being around the Blue Ridge Parkway and all. That's your idea of fun and stuff like that. We liked it because they would let us stay for free. And we had, uh, and uh, Allison, <coughs> excuse me, Allison, I think we went there one time. Allison had just been born, and we would go. It was this beautiful place. It was, a, it was an A-frame, chateau, whatever you call that. But anyway, it was all wood, and then they had, the front of it was glass. And you looked out, and you could see the Blue Ridge Parkway. <laughs> and uh, I've never been so unhappy we lost our phone number. But, uh, and, uh, and, and they had this home. I think they sold it. But uh, they had this home. 
And because it was, because uh, they were up there infrequently, they, they didn't leave anything on. And so when you went, you had to light the pilot. You had to light the pilot on the water heater. And the water heater was under the house. So you're on a hill, it's clay and dirt and all this kind of stuff. And so you get there, if you wanted warm water, you had to go in there and light the gas pilot. And so they had instructions, and, and it was kind of like ransom letter instructions. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like they'd sort of written it in pencil, and then they wrote it back, and then they crossed it out in a different color and uh, do these things. So when you look at it and you're not them, you're going, I don't have any idea what I'm supposed to do. Any idea what I'm supposed to do? But I'm supposed to put fire in there. And again, I'm young enough at the time of thinking, if I blow up the house, they're probably not going to invite us back. That's my understanding of gas water here. Anybody else like that? What you don't know, you're fearful of? All right. It's like four of you already asleep. I've not even gotten boring yet. And so I'm there, and we're, we're there the first time, and never forget it. And I crawl into the house. We're there, we're excited, and we're scared because it's somebody we know, and we don't want to mess up anything. So I crawl under, and I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to mess up the dirt under the house. They probably got cameras, you know. I'm worried, and I crawl under there, and I got the lighter, <laughs> and I don't have a long stick lighter. I got like a big, you know, drugstore kind of thing. So I'm under there. What am I going to do? I got the instructions. It's kind of dark, and Andrea keeps going, can I help you? And I'm being all manly. No, woman, leave me alone. And uh, I'm saying that because she's down the hall. That is not what I said. I said something like, no, dear, I'm good. You're making me nervous, though. So do I need to get, pull the car away from the house? Baby, I think we'll have a little warning before it blows up. It'll be all right. And, and so I'm under there. And about the time I get in there and I got to kind of lay down the lightest thing, and I'm trying to avoid the insulation. The insulation's all around it. And, it, and I've already got it on me, and I'm already starting to get a little itchy, I think, from the insulation. But what I have done is I have laid on an ant mount. <laughs> I've laid on ant mount and so I'm nervous and I'm trying to light the thing and I'm trying to you know click 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 you know whatever I was doing I know I'd light them now <laughs> cut them off but I'm under there and I'm like man this insulation's bothering me and so I'm like oh and so every time I exclaim I blow the thing out so I'm under there at odd angle insulation don't know that I've got some ants on me and so I keep I keep <laughs> You know, I keep blowing it out, and Andre keeps asking, and man, and we're about to have a vacation fight. Anybody ever had a vacation fight? Don't raise your hand, just nod. And, uh, and we're there, because I, man, I'm getting uncomfortable, and I'm doing all this kind of stuff, and I can't keep the fire lit, because I keep blowing the silly thing out. <coughs> and finally, I'm like, uh, Andre's like, do, do I need to help? I need to help, and she's killing my manhood. I can't light anything. I've burned my finger. I'm worried about blowing up the house, and don't know that I got ants all over my back. <clears throat> and I'm under there, I finally get it lit, I finally quit blowing the thing out, and get up, and Andrea's, I get up and stand up, and she looks at me, and I got all these ants running on my back, and she starts smacking on me, and, and I'm annoyed, what are you hitting me for, woman, and, and, uh, and so we're there, and we, we, have to, we have to calm down a little bit, but we did have hot water, and we didn't blow the place up, and uh, I did have a good, <coughs> I did have a good memory, next time we went there, I made Andrea go to the house, and uh, I didn't do that, um, so we're there, it's hard, it's hard to get anything going if you quench the spirit, if you quench what you're trying to light right To quench, such an odd expression, it means to stifle, it means to snuff out, it means to stop. I'm convinced bitterness is one of those things that quenches the spirit of God. I'm convinced that you don't do any more spiritual growth than the last time you told God no. 
preachers used to say, <coughs> dirt, excuse me, dusty Bible, dirty heart. We've somehow in 2022 decided that we can grow spiritually without ever taking in the Word. We've decided we can be as uh, growing Christians without ever spending time in prayer. And we do not give the Spirit of God what He desires to use us to control Him. And we ignore Him and we stifle Him and we snuff Him out. And we are not to do that. We are not to quench the Spirit of God. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. It's June 2022. Have you spent time in God's Word this month? Spent time in God's Word this week? I'm not being mean. I'm just simply saying, simply saying, you can't grow. You can't be a you can't be what God wants you to be. And you're not giving the Spirit of God what He desires to use in your life if you are quenching Him and His work. The Holy Spirit is always working in the life of the believer. How do we quench Him? How do we quench Him? I give you just four things here. You can ignore Him. You can ignore him. I mean, you ever, you ever tried to talk to somebody they weren't paying attention to you? How does it make you happy or sad? Happy. <coughs> we decided early on we weren't going to be the people that yelled at our children. Um, I'm not saying we never did. I don't even mean in a public place. We would yell at them at home uh, in a public place. But um, we, we were, we were going to do this. And so... Uh, we were going we to usually snap our fingers. When I kind of lost that ability um, a couple years ago, I had to resort to something else. So I, so I either whistle or I click. And, uh, and I can't click recreationally because if I click recreationally, it annoys my son because he's wondering what he's done to get clicked at. Get clicked at because I can't snap anymore. And, and Andrea just does the gaze. Andrea can stare across a football field, and I'll turn around. And we just decided we weren't going to be the people that said three times. I had a guy look at me, he said, he said, if you tell your child one more time, one more time, one more time, then they're going to figure out that one more time doesn't mean a thing. He said, he, and this is why I was single, he said, never bluff. Never bluff. If you say you're going to spank them, spank them. If you say this is it and you're grounded, that's it and you're grounded. Let them cry themselves sleep, but never bluff. I wrote that down, tucked that away. With a few exceptions, we've done our best to not bluff. And so if I, so I have to not quit. Why? <clears throat> because if they'll do that to me, they'll learn to do that to God. Because the fifth commandment is the hinge commandment. Honor thy father and mother, be well with thee. You learn to listen to God and not ignore him. I'm stunned by people who sit in services like this and God convicts their heart and they go, nope. Nope. I'm convinced by people who think it's all right to blow off God and I'll be fine on my own and I'll listen to a little radio maybe or I'll do this or I'm just a good person. No, you're ignoring him. You are stifling the work of God in your life. You can neglect him. You can neglect him. I'm always stunned whenever we move and I, I find something... Number one, I forgot I had. Number two, if I saw it in the store, I would have bought it. And number three, I can't remember the last time I used it. You can neglect him. <coughs> you can neglect him. If we get that with a plant, if we understand that with a pet, that it takes a care and, a and attention and affection, then why don't we do that, Lord? You can disobey him. You can disobey him. Honor thy father and mother that may be well with thee. Nope. <coughs> 
we spoke last week, no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. I'm going to say whatever I want. That's, way, that's just the way I am. I'm going to blow up and be enraged. That's just my temper. No, do not disobey the Spirit of God. Do not quench Him. You can procrastinate tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll read my Bible tomorrow. I'll pray tomorrow. I'll get right with God tomorrow. I'll get this relationship right tomorrow. I'll tell the boss man I stole from him tomorrow. And you continue to put it off. I promise you, you are quenching the Spirit of God in your life. There's a third sin that's mentioned in the Scripture. You still with me? Say amen. And that's blaspheming the Spirit of God. I think I did put that in your notes. Matthew chapter 12. I want to hit this and kind of go... Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven you. Verse 32. And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever preach or speaks against the Holy Spirit, <coughs> the Holy Spirit shall not, uh, excuse me, speak. A, uh, <laughs> and neither in this world, neither in the world to come. The world to come. I kept skipping verses there. This will be a whole sermon, so let me just give you, again, my best understanding. If you're concerned that you've committed this sin, you probably haven't, number one. If you're concerned that you've done this. Because who he's describing here is someone who doesn't care anymore. Secondly, <coughs> whatever this sin is, it's something you know you're doing. He's talked to all kinds of young people, word to death, they blaspheme the Holy Spirit and they didn't have any idea or concept or anything. I, I think if you're ignorant about this, then you, you're, you're, not, you're not there. <clears throat> whatever it is, whatever it is, it is one of the strongest warnings Christ ever issues. As we narrow it down, we understand that this is stubborn rejection. That's the whole passage there in Matthew 12. This is a continual refusal and this is a belief sin. This is something that they have done. It's evidenced by the fruit that is in their lives. And it's from rejection to refusal to obstinacy. There's a time and a point where you keep saying no to God, and God finally says, fine. Fine. And he's done. Whosoever does this, whosoever does this, there's a time and a date and a point, and God just says, fine. I'm done. I'm done with you. At my age in 2022, I do not think this is anything describing what we would consider a follower of Christ. I think there's other places in part they talk about this. I think, I think he's specifically talking to folks on the outside looking in, and God is dealing with their hearts. Now, having said all that, having said all that, I have mountains on this, and, and I, I want to be accurate. So let me just hang with this this morning. I think if not, at the very least, this is the primary. You've grown up in Sunday school. <coughs> you sit in church. You got people trying to witness to you, and you keep saying no, and no, and no. There was a day, I read it recently in my, in my devotions. David sent messengers, excuse me, Joab sent messengers, and the guy refused him, and he said, Fine, set his barley fields on fire. I'm done messing with him. 
there was a day, there's a day historically in the life of Saul where God didn't deal with him anymore. We have turned the father into a grandfather who rocks in a chair and peels an apple and he will just constantly put up with all your nonsense. And I would remind you, it is a horrific and frightening thing to continue to tell God no. You will not get saved when you are ready. You get saved when God is dealing with you. And to continue to say no to him, none other than Jesus Christ said, you better understand that there's a line you will cross and you will sin against him and he will deal with you no more. Do not blaspheme him. Do not blaspheme him. Four or five years ago, somebody thought it would be cute on YouTube to record a bunch of people saying, I blaspheme the Holy Spirit, and they'd snicker, and some of them said some really ugly things, and all this kind of stuff. He's not talking about ha, ha, he, he, whatever this is, you're telling God no for the last time, and God says, fine, if that's what you want. <laughs> Ian Bounds said, the most horrific thing God can give us sometimes is to say yes to our wishes. To reject, blaspheme the spirit, the convicting power of the spirit of God is a frightening thing. Is a frightening thing. Say, preacher, I'm I'm concerned and worried and, and upset. And I, then you're not who he's talking to here. There is forgiveness for those who are in conviction. There is the opportunity for repentance. Is there? That's why I was talking. I'm going to really talk to. You. That's why. That's why these services like this are just high drama to me. It's life and death. It's repentance and faith. This is what God is doing, and His Word is calling us to a decision point. The most horrific thing, the most, one of the more horrific lies Satan will ever tell anybody is, you got tomorrow. You can do it later. You can push it off. You can push it off. Some years ago before we moved here, you still with me? Some years ago before I moved here, <coughs> I was uh, invited to do a, uh, do a funeral. I knew the family a little bit. I didn't know the, the extended family at all. And those, are, those are difficult. But, but I knew the kids weren't right with the parent who passed. I, I didn't know that much. It was the first time I'd ever seen it. I closed the casket. We're at the graveside. Everybody's squalling. Again, I, I, don't, I don't know how to comfort. Excuse me, I, I don't know them relationally enough to really comfort. My comfort was solely in the Scripture. And, and we're done. I'm praying. And, and, the, and the daughter, the one who'd been so rebellious, they had to find her. And the first time in my presence, went and assaulted the casket. I'm... So sorry, Mama. I can't believe you're gone. Just let me talk to you one more time. The siblings are trying to pull her off. And I mean, she has got a hold of it. And she is inconsolable. I was so sure she was highly medicated to get through the service and whatever, whatever she had taken to try and help her, she had gone through because again, just a moment's time, and she was loud and broken, and she was hopeless. Because this side of eternity, she'd never have another conversation with her mother. 
this side of eternity she'd never get things squared this side of eternity she'd never hear her mother say i forgive you this side and that resolution had come upon her life and the only way she knew how was to grab hold of that casket we get that on this level jesus reminds us spiritually don't you wake too late don't you keep saying no till god finally says fine don't do it there's a fourth one here it's a familiar passage to us and this will be be my last thing and i'm done don't don't lie to the holy spirit there's four of these things <coughs> don't don't grieve him don't quench him <coughs> don't blaspheme again i really do think that's an unbeliever sin and then finally don't lie to him the passage there is acts chapter five peter said to ananias why has satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price of land while it was remained. While it remained, was it not your own? After that it was sold, was it not in your power? Why has you conceived this thing in your heart? Why hast thou not lied unto men, but lied unto God? Don't lie to the Holy Spirit. Don't lie to the Holy Spirit. You ever have that occasion where you actually know something's going on and somebody decides to lie to you even though they're lying, you know, parents, grandparents, step-parents. You ever had that happen? happen and you're just kind of seeing how much they'll dig themselves in? Maybe a coworker or something like that or anything. And, it's, and it's, it's a little funny, but it's a little sad, right? I mean, they're just twisting. They're just absolutely positively twisting. You're like, you're like, well, I know you did this. And they double down. And if they're a really skilled liar, what happens? They'll start to convince you you didn't see what happened, right? You know, after a while, you're going, well, I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe I'm the one that's crazy. I'm so sorry. And you're asking the liar for forgiveness. And, 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 and this, is, this is how goofy it gets sometimes in our lives. I can do you one better than that. Look at how spiritual I am. Look at how much I got on the ball. Don't do that. Don't lie to the Holy Spirit. I think this is the height of deception. I think this is the height of self-deception. When you pretend to be more spiritual than you are, I have to be careful. I like using personal illustrations because that way, you know, I know what's going on in the narrative and all. But I really, really try hard not to have illustrations where I'm the hero of the story. I don't like that a bit because that's not reality. I'm just cherry-picking things. Reality is I struggle. Reality is I'm tempted. Reality is I need grace of God in my life. Reality is I need to ask for forgiveness. Reality is I need to, a couple of groups here, I need to adore and confess and thanksgiving and supplicate. I need to do all the ACTS every day of my life. That's reality. To put on and pretend and to fake and to do those things and to lie about what we're doing for God and try and put on that we're doing more than we are. Don't do that. Don't do that. <clears throat> John Maxwell, before he became so well-known as a business uh, leadership author and consultant, was, was pastor. A pastor of churches, uh, not, not dissimilar to a church like ours. <clears throat> he pastored in, uh, in Ohio. His father was a well-known leader in their group. And then he, uh, <clears throat> he was asked to come and lead a, just a massive church in California, Skyline Wesleyan. And he knew they were having a lot of trouble. Look right here. Uh, let, me, let me close. Look right here. And so he, uh, he found out in particular 
two men were just, just really stirring stuff up. Because he was coming in, because they were asking him to basically come in and, and, and salvage and rescue this uh, troubled uh, church, even though it was very large, he asked and was granted. He said, I want everybody on the board, uh, I don't remember what they're called, elders, deacons, I don't remember what it was. I want to see their, I want to see their two years of giving. <clears throat> and I want it done quietly. He said, I've never done this before. He said, but I, I, wanted, to see, I wanted to see who was in leadership. He asked for some other things. He said, and he got it. He said, and he went on a fast. He said, I'm about to confront these men. I'm about to take over this. I'm, I'm about to engage in spiritual battle. <coughs> this church is positioned either fall, or excuse me, either to flop or to rise. He said, and he went to his first meeting. He said, and the two guys started trying to take over and bully the other men. This and that. Maxwell said, I stopped him and said, said, before you finish that, I got something I need to say. He said, if we're doing this, we're doing this together. If we're doing this, we're going to be honest. And if we're doing this, we're going to quit pretending and quit lying. So the one guy tried to cut him off. He said, I'm glad you spoke up next. He said, you've got to have the greatest faith and the biggest prayer life in the room. He said, according to your giving records, he said, you made $100 last year. Because the only records we've got is for two or two years. Only records we've got is you gave $10 in the Christmas offering. His buddy started to defend him and said, and you've got the most faith of anybody in the room, even your, even your brother, because according to the church records, you haven't given a dime in two years. He said, and you sit here on these boards trying to tell everybody else to do. He said, and you're like modern-day Ananias and Sapphira putting on and lying to others. And if you want to get right with God, fine, you can stay. But if not, there's the door, gentlemen. Let me help you. He hadn't run this by anybody. He hadn't unpacked. He didn't know how it was going to go. But he said, I've heard him say it, and I've read it. If we're going to do this, if we're going to be an Acts church, we're going to have to deal with sin like Acts chapter 5. And the pretenders and the fakers and the liars are going to have to get right with God because they are killing us the two men got up looked at each other said hmm, said you're not going to make us without us Maxwell said it was all I could do to not put ten dollars in his hands and thank you for your service now we're even they left the chairman of the board with tears in his eyes saying you've been able to do in ten minutes what we've been unable to do in years he said I think we're ready for God to bless us let me help you. And the men in the room began to name and confess sin. And the board meeting turned into a prayer meeting. And Skyline took off on unprecedented growth. People coming to Christ. Say, preacher, are you saying what I think you're saying? Doubtful that I'm remotely talking about anything like that. I am talking about it's time to quit pretending. Let's get right with God. Let's quit putting on. Let's do what we're supposed to. Let's read our Bible. Let's pray. Let's invite people to church. Let's use our spiritual gifts. When we sin, let's confess it, name it, and repent of it. Let's not let it get all over us. Let's keep our clothes clean. And let's honor the one who is altogether lovely and not be like LaHaye said and living our lives like he doesn't exist. 
don't sin against the Holy Spirit. Pray with me. Father, <clears throat> Lord, what conviction you have put in my life. What conviction you have put in my life these weeks. God, as I've gone over, Lord, am I closer to you than I was seven years ago when I was thinking about this? God, am I closer to you 